Welcome back, BGGO Show. I'm Danny, that's Lacey. Hey. A little bit of housekeeping right in the front of this thing. So, we got a second mic. Uh, So, it's going to sound weird, because we're still trying to figure out... Still trying to figure out? (laughs) We're still trying to figure out the sound setup, what would be easiest and best for this. So, if it's way fucked up or way shitty or super great, let us know, please, so Mm -hmm. we know exactly what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. A dog just passed out on the floor (laughs) right behind us. Uh, So, we're back. We saw Planet of the Apes. We saw War for the Planet of the Apes. War for the Planet of the Apes. Excuse me. Well, it's very important to distinguish... uh, Which ape... Which ape movie we're talking about? Yes. Who knows? We could have gone and saw the 1968 version in an old theater. I kind of want to now. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't because I feel like it will ruin the beautiful experience that we've had. Yeah. Okay. So with these we, movies, we've also watched the other two movies in the trilogy in preparation. Yes. For War for the Planet of the Apes. Rise. And Dawn. And Dawn. Of the in that of the order. Apes. Yes. Uh, not in the other order, like you would imagine it would be. <laughs> Because that would be correct, okay. but no. So rise and then dawn, and now war. So now let's do our normal thing. Uh huh. Did you like it? Yes. Would you see it again? Yes. Would you recommend it? Absolutely. Uh, did you like it? I fucking loved it. Would you see it again? I would totally see it again. Kind of want to go see it again, yeah, actually. Yeah. That movie and Spider Man, I want to see again. Yeah, I actually want to see Spider Man again as well. Um, would you recommend it? Yeah, for sure. I would definitely recommend this movie. I think it's great, especially if you've seen the other two. They're they're awesome. Yes, I. It was better than Rise, and equal with Dawn, in my opinion. I see like there's certain things about Dawn I like more, but there's certain things about War that I like more than Dawn. I think I don't think I can put them in order. I think I they'd can, have I to can tie. I've also been kind of flip-flopping. Um, so I've been I've been saying it since we saw the movie that I think War for the Planet of the Apes may be like the best summer blockbuster movie. So for for sure this year, but like ever for me maybe. It's just kind of like a perfect setup for a summer movie. I don't know about ever. Uh, definitely this year. Um, trying to think of what my favorite movie has been this year. Logan is still probably my favorite movie this year. I'm not sure. Yeah, that was kind of early summer. I'm not sure if War. I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> if War is taking place of that, it is very good. It's super good. Uh, so, okay, so that's it for the non-spoilers. Yeah, I feel like you don't want to hear past this if you haven't seen it, because this movie is very surprising. Yeah, it's They did not give away very much at all during the trailer, so you will go into this movie being, like, 
oh, where's this going next? I don't know what that, what, you know, intrigued constantly. So don't ruin it for yourself. Experience that way. It's yeah. nice. And if you, if you have, Stop a, listening. if you have your chance to see the other two before going into it, they kind of yes. line up pretty perfectly. I think you should. Cause also uh, there's like characters that I probably like, I'm pretty sure when I saw Dawn, I did not remember Rise well enough. Because I don't think I remembered that all of those characters were in that movie. I remember Koba because he's such a like you know ugly monkey. I didn't uh, remember him in Rise at all. No. Yeah. No. Not at you all. You mean in? You didn't remember? Oh wait. Yeah. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. They're backwards. It just keeps confusing me that yeah, so, Rise well, came first. We're going to talk about the whole trilogy in a second, but like I, I do want to get into what we like so much about uh, so many Dawn, things or to War from. for the Planet of the Apes. But yeah, so stop listening right now if you're yes. if you're interested in this movie because it is really really good. You should go kind of see it on your own. Yeah. Um, but okay, what was your like favorite thing about oh. about War for the Planet of the Apes? So hard. You go first. What was yeah. your favorite thing? I think I it's, feel like you knew the answer to that question when you asked it. So I you did. Go first. Well, I, I I also knew it almost immediately after we watched the movie, like. I liked that it is a summer blockbuster film that doesn't rely on the action beats of a summer blockbuster film. Like, I think there's really only two full action scenes. And I mean, like, full-on action sequences. You know, there are scenes that have, like, little bursts of action. or sure. not Not so much bursts of action, but, like, where the movie's kind of more exciting than normal. Sure. But uh, there are only two, lar- like, large-scale battle sequences. And one is clearly bigger than the other. And then... And it, they kind of bookend the movie really well. It starts with one and then it ends with one. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty awesome how they do that. But pretty much in the middle, it's just a character piece. Yeah. And I mean, that, awesome and that's probably... Because I'm struggling with like what my favorite, favorite thing about this movie is. Because the character... The um, like expansion and new additions to this movie, character-wise, minus the little girl, because I didn't really think she necessarily added a ton to it, but um, it was just handled so well. Even Caesar, who you know, like obviously top favorite character in this movie is Caesar, as I'm sure it's supposed to be. Um, with Maurice in a second, yeah, close say, second. Maurice is really great. In the movie. Maurice in a close second. Um, but Caesar in this movie. I felt like the, the, all three movies have handled the development of Caesar with the last two in particular shining the most yeah. as a character as he's gone from, uh, you know, the the second movie where he's trying to be a peaceful, like, smart leader to the third movie realizing that he, he's the only way, asshole. yeah, the <laughs> only way to save them is to you know, fight and to almost immediately within the third movie becoming Koba, basically. Like, pretty soon into the movie, does he... Yeah, he just becomes uh, consumed with, like, hatred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's nice. It's handled really well, and I never dislike Caesar for it. You know, like, you obviously, you don't like Koba because he's a sneaky asshole. Caesar's straight up about everything, but I never disliked him for it. Sure. Did I mean, you? I mean, I never struggled with, no, with I I also still think, lo- liking Caesar as a character. Like, Koba straight up murders motherfuckers. Yeah, Koba's um, harsh. Yeah, whereas, like, Caesar kills people, but in this... Most of the time, he's killing people in order to either save someone else or himself. Um, which I think is really interesting. Like, when the first... When he kills uh, the human in the hallway, 
in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, in the opening scene. He, uh, or one of the opening scenes, the opening sort of sequence when they raid their hidden. I will say hidden waterfall, uh, like waterfall. Oh, base. of that one. Okay, yeah, never when mind. he kills that guy, it's very much like you're. These people are invading his home, and they yeah. are there to kill people. Right. Um. So he he kind of prevents the murder of others by murdering someone, but later on in the film, he's just straight up like when he kills the guy before they find the little girl. Right. It, it's in. It's pretty cold blooded. No, I mean, that guy was, guy going, was going to kill Maurice and and Loka and and Lu- Luca. Luca. Yeah. Luca um, and uh, Rocket. I don't think he was going to kill him. He was definitely like he was reaching for his gun. He was reaching for a gun, but I don't think he had a chance. I think but, he totally because I don't know if that that any of them like smoked that motherfucker. That, he did, yeah. and I will also say that point in the movie, I realized how bad that group of of apes is at sneaking yeah, into like the whole time I was just like you guys are you're just straight up like yeah. out in the middle of the you're not even trying to be discreet yeah. or yeah. <laughs> keep a low profile even when they're like following the soldiers they're not that far behind them right. and then they're straight up like right behind them and I'm like you guys are gonna die <laughs> yeah. you're terrible at this uh yeah it's, and, it's a really good movie it is um, and on, but on top of Caesar's development the addition I think of both um Woody Harrelson's character as a villain, um, I very much enjoyed. I think he did great. He's awesome. Um, because I don't think that villain, like, Koba is clearly the villain villain in um, Dawn, but mm-hmm. there's no human villain that is really that s- substantial. That It's just like, oh, well, these are just jerks. They're just humans being dicks yeah, to even, monkeys. Even, like, Gary, Gary Oldman's character in Dawn is not really a villain. No, he's not a villain at yeah. all. He's tries to be pretty diplomatic about everything you know it's yeah. all Koba basically you know ma- it's an instigation of war and he happens to be the leader of the human yeah, yeah. I mean really it's the dude that they lock in the car uh, which they kill pretty yeah. early on yeah so Woody Harrelson as an addition as a human villain and having that you know external villain be human and then having an internal issue as well yeah and even flashbacks of Koba in this movie, it was lovely, but also bad monkey. Like all the, ca- I think bad it ape. just hit. Yeah. Oh, bad ape. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know why I keep calling them monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> so rude of me. Yeah. No, bad ape, uh, who's played by Steve Zahn, uh, is he's really funny. He is. He brings he's some a great, humor. Like, levity. Uh, moment of levity in yeah. the movie. But like, he's also a pretty sad character. He uh, is. He's. It's not too out of left field because I don't feel like any of these movies necessarily had humor, humor in them. You know, yeah. there's not. They're actually a clear pretty dire like almost all of them oh, yeah. are really sad yeah they're very sad this is not an exception it just also has humor but of course that humor has to be extremely sad yeah it, <laughs> also it, it, the sad the like, bad the, bad ape is very i thought a wonderful addition to yeah the he's fun he's like peculiar crew. but he's peculiar because terrible things have happened to him mm-hmm. and like you know he names himself bad ape because that's the only way people have ever talk to him or talk right. about him in any way so, so think about that next time you call your dog bad dog yeah with a point he, in his face he's never had like a name or anything like that which was like a really sad thing to like realize when you're watching the movie uh, but also he was and this is where i think the girl lacks because the girl is basically essentially the same her purpose in the movie is the same as bad ape in that they're both there to help give you exposition the girl being that there is now the virus is now mutating the thing that wiped out all the humans before great callback to rise 
Uh, because I think a lot of people kind of lose the, like, virus aspect in Dawn. Because it's never really mentioned. No, I think Rise is... Um, Rise is secretly a good movie. Yeah, I mean, like, it's very good, but I also <laughs> think it is the one that n- people forget the most. Like, they're like, we don't really need to pay... I don't think people understand how much Thread connects Rise all three and films. Dawn and yeah. then, yeah, now War. Yeah, it's, it's really well bookended. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that Dawn and War are made by the same director, and mm. Rise was made by a different one. I mean, I um, definitely think that the director and writer of, of Dawn and War... Is better. Uh, yeah, they've done a better job. Yes. That being said, intro, like, opening movies are always the hardest to... Sure. An and, and, yeah, yeah, origin stories are always the hardest, and I think that, that Rise... Yeah. Um, Rise. I know, I just... If it went in order, it'd be so much easier, but <laughs> it keeps confusing me. Rise um, moves very quickly. It, it does yeah. not waste time. It's like, here's here's the war, here's Caesar in the first five minutes, here's him learning, here's yeah. the human testing, boom, boom, boom. Like, it's just... Right. One right after another. Like, they keep it without, moving quickly. Without sacrificing really great character stuff. I mean, like, the first scene with... And I, now somehow we're talking about Rise and not, not War, but like... Well, you said we were going to talk about the trilogy. I know, but like, I wanted to discuss the things that War does very well first. But like, you you brought up a really great point in that that movie does move very fast, but it never... And that's the thing that is really great about the entire series of the Apes movies. It never loses sight of what you should be caring about, which is the characters. Mm-hmm. And the characters are always like front and center and they're great and war i think really does a good job of subverting what you think the movie's going to be the trailers have painted this film as like it's full-blown war i mean even the name is war for the planet of the Apes. yeah and it isn't that the movie is not battle scene after battle scene after it's battle not. scene. it's not even like let's get the army together it's five guys and these five guys are all just happen to be apes going on the road and reaching a villain and that villain happens to be Woody Harrelson and that's the thing that caught me way off guard this movie changes uh, genre would be wrong but like it changes what you what the dynamic of the film is mm-hmm. with every act yeah and I think it really, cool. it really does I think it hits it does something one that I don't think any summer blockbusters ever do and that's like hitting super hard right at the beginning yeah I feel like they always save that for act three you know, end of Act 2 kind of stuff, but, like, this movie, it goes for it. Like, it, the beginning is an emotional roller coaster. And and it's, it's fucking devastating, too. It's not even, like, easy to deal with. No, it is it's straight up sad. super sad. Yeah. Um, if you have seen it and you're still listening, and if you haven't, I we told you, but yeah. the, when Blue Eyes and, I don't think they ever say his what wife's his name. wife name is, but yeah. when, when uh, Caesar's wife and son are killed, whew, I lost it. Yeah. I cried. <laughs> My mouth was open. Yeah. I put my hand over my mouth and kept it open for a good few minutes no, longer. Like, I had no... I was not expecting that. Because they show you in the trailer, which is almost, like, even better than the things they don't show you and that you're yeah. surprised by, is that you saw the waterfall. You saw yeah. the green lights. You had no fucking idea. That that was, like, in the first that, 15 minutes. Yeah, that's, and- like... The whole and it's trailer, the saddest scene in the yeah. Film. Other than like explosions and shit, like almost the entire trailer story that you're given is over in, in twenty minutes. Yeah, in twenty minutes, uh, which is great. Um, it is. I think every trailer should be like that. They need to learn a thing or two from whoever cut that. Yeah, quit uh, giving away your whole goddamn movie. Right, but even then, like, and then it becomes sort of this road film between Rocket, Luca, um, 
Maurice, Caesar, and then they they add Bad Ape at the end of that storyline. Um, and then after that sort of road movie, uh, where they're kind of following the troops trying to find their base, and then it becomes a prison break, break drama, yeah. it was kind of like, what? Like, it caught me way off guard, and like I didn't realize that the movie was going to be that, you know? And, and that stuff hits hard, too. I mean, seeing... Uh, Cornelius, who is uh, Caesar's little baby boy, in a in a prison. I just made me think of this. It's always sunny. Yeah. Song. I'm sorry. Just the way you said, baby boy. Yeah. Uh, That's but, an odd tiny boy. Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, Caesar see, like, Cornelius. Seeing, seeing all the children apes in in pens, and then the the forced slave labor of the apes. Oh yeah, that's one another thing that this movie does that not a ton of summer blockbusters do, and that's it hit hard on social commentary, <laughs> yeah, like pretty heavily. Woo, you could see it in there. There was a lot of uh, nods to humanity, yeah, and I think that is extremely relevant currently. Um, yeah, they're the they're just so happened to be using slave apes to build a wall. Yeah, don't think that was an accident. Uh, the uh, the weird weird combination of like Minutemen slash Westboro Baptist Church mm-hmm. that the Alpha Omega Squad is like what they are. There's a really like cool. a, t- a little hint, a dash of uh, yeah. Nazi like yeah. <laughs> behavior. Uh, there's a whole lot. Uh, definitely slavery because uh, yeah, for the, sure. uh, the apes are practically treated the exact same way slaves were. Chains being whips, you know, thing, yeah. all those things. They, uh, I Woody mean, Harrelson they did not go easy on this stuff. Straight up Ramsey Bolton in this. Oh, in yeah, this I mean, that... <laughs> There, but, like, the movie is so... And, like, I feel like we're not... Again, we're trying super hard not to just talk specifics, but, like, this movie is... So, I didn't really finish my, my point earlier, either. I think oh, we got on a tangent about Rise. I think it was both of us. But I, my point about earlier is that the, the bad ape and, and the little girl serve the same purpose, and that the, the girl is the mutated gene, which is now causing humans to regress basically into a primitive state they, yeah. they're no longer able to speak that seemed to be the only thing they lost i mean she could still do everything uh she just lost her her voice like i would have uh, maybe it just hadn't progressed enough for her to lose like her self-awareness yeah. and and the other things like that you know <coughs> things that make us human but uh, in this case it just so far, seem to be the loss of your voice, right. your your ability to communicate vocally. I just I really enjoyed the way that tied back into Rise of the Planet Apes with mm-hmm. when they're giving John Cleese the uh, AZ, ALZ one twelve and he's he's getting better, mm-hmm. and then he begins to regress and it's even worse. Yeah. Uh, so like his his Alzheimer's is no longer just forgetting that he doesn't you know go to work but mm-hmm. he can't even remember how to use like a fork and stuff. like it becomes much more severe when it does come back mm-hmm. and they kind of touched on that in dawn they never really touch on it they tell you that the simian flu wiped out a lot of people it, it like killed yeah that's basically the beginning is just showing the yeah how it has taken over the entire globe basically and infected right. and killed but the the virus is no longer a major concern in Dawn after that. Well, then, yeah, they specifically say in Dawn, like we're, we're all immune, immune to yeah. it. That's why we're still alive. Right. But then, it, like, how it comes back with a vengeance in in war is really smart. Like, I like 
the book end quality mm-hmm. of that. And then the same thing for I the, think little, the little girl too. Like the little girl kind of representing what Caesar was in the original film was really really cool. Like because Caesar in Rise is very much like, am I a pet? Am I a human being? Am mm-hmm. I an ape? And then the in the little girl in War for the Planet of the Apes is very much the same thing. She's like, am I a little? Am I a person or am I an animal? Because like these. And then, in comparison to a character like Woody Harrelson, who is just fucking disgusting, and then... Who is, and is disgusted by the idea of, like, yeah. losing what, what, what he... What makes us human. Yeah, what yeah. makes what us human. What he humans. deems makes yeah. us human. Uh, Which, I, again, I'm assuming has to just be the visual, I mean, the, the verbal communication and self-awareness. I don't know what else. Maybe, yeah. like, motor, like... Yeah, he I don't seemed know, to not we be still able have to, like, opposable thumbs, so I can't imagine we'd lose the ability to. I couldn't tell if he was really fucking drunk. I think he was really fucking drunk when or he. If he <laughs> Another was big possessed. spoiler. Hope you are have seen this movie, but yeah, yeah. Woody, at the end, Woody Harrelson becomes infected. Um, but Which was on played, the other played side, out so smart that was really well done. Yeah, and and it was like Caesar. And you can like, man, the the CGI in this movie also is just—it's fucking incredible. It's great. Maurice like you cannot even look like a CGI character. Maurice does not, and like yeah. it's, the—I don't know. I'm assuming they have to use like when they only show hands in that movie. Like they have to be using some animatronic things because they're they, they look too real to be. <laughs> I don't know, but it's amazing. And the, the look on the the Andy Circus is Circai. Uh, <laughs> um, his portrayal of Caesar having to realize that, like, killing is it, like a conundrum because he wants to. He, the entire goal of Caesar has been just to kill Woody Harrelson's character. He's not trying to wipe out humans, he just wants revenge on Woody Harrelson because he's yeah. the one that killed his wife and son. And but he, also he gets to that, that point. That, that's why humans consider apes to be like savages because they keep killing each other. And, and like, it, it's such a cool, like, really well-played-out thing over three films. Because in the, in the first film, he just is like, fuck it, I'm an ape, you know? And he's like, and I'm going to band together with these other apes, and we're going to fucking, you know, live our own lives. Mm-hmm. And then the second film, he's, like, trying to elevate them all. He's like, we need to be better than them. But in this one, he's just full-on baser instincts. Like, I need to kill the man who killed my family. Yeah. And and when he gets to that point, when he has that opportunity to kill Woody Harrelson, he realizes Woody Harrelson has become the thing that he despises so much. Yeah. That it's like, well, killing him... Like, Woody Harrelson at that point wants to die. He Woody Harrelson, t- t- you know, tells the story earlier about his son, which I think really helps explain, like, oh, what the fuck so happened. Yeah. And quite frankly, what I think is going to happen to Cersei this season of Game of Thrones, <laughs> I know we'll get there, but that's what I... I'm, I'm pretty excited about what's coming with her, because now she doesn't have children to, like, humanize her at all. Mm-hmm. But the... Um, you know, Caesar seeing the path in front of him is... Now, killing Woody Harrelson means giving him what he wants, and it's making Woody Harrelson live being... Being what? What he, he hated. Yeah, what yeah. he was trying all along to stop is... it was, you could, Like, you could tell it takes... There's thought and, and emotion in, in Caesar. And, like, the more we talk about it, the more I realize, like, how fucking good this movie is. It, it's so good. good. It's and really good. I mean, no, we don't ask for most of these reboots, but, like, and I feel like this one gets a bad rap because nobody, there's, I'm not sure, I'm sure there are some people, but not many people who are just like, man, 
fucking love Planet, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Like, those OG films were awesome. <laughs> and then the Marky Mark film, you know. Yeah. It's like, no one is no one asked for these movies. And right. I think that, because of that, it gets... It does not get the credit it deserves. I was going to say, I, I don't think they get a bad rap. Because I think, usually, when people talk about these, they're like, yeah, they're pretty good. you know. But no one ever thinks about them. No. Which is... And it's something that I realized when we went back and decided to watch the other two was like, man, I totally forgot how fucking good of a movie Rise is. Mm-hmm. And easily, in in this trilogy, it's the weakest of the sure. three. But it's still a really good film uh, with, like, really good characters and really smart decisions. Mm-hmm. And then Dawn is just out of control good. It is so yeah. good. Like, we, we watched that movie and we were like... What the? How is this movie this good? Yeah, like it is. It's sad and it evocative and like really, really. And cool. I think I think Don does one thing that I mean, it still it still does it, but it doesn't do it to the extent that um, Rise and War, and that is like painting humans as like one no, like two D characters that are just right. cruel to animals all the time. Yes. Like obviously James Franco is is meant to be, you know, Caesar's owner and right. he loves him like a pet. But there is you can see points when you know, in the movie when you're just like, James Franco, you're a douche. You're yeah. a total douche. Yeah. But uh oh our dog's about to do something loud. Should we pause? No, I think okay. we're fuck it. Because it's gonna keep going. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. So we've made it. This sorry yeah. for that sound. That's our dog. He's having a, he's, he's having sneezing. a day. Um but in Dawn, they don't really they, most of the humans are agreeable. You know, they're not particularly yeah. nice, but they're not particularly mean. There's like the one dude who's a part of the group who is a total douche, and then there's like the two dudes who are guarding the guns who are like, "Get out of here, you dumb!" Yeah, ape. they're just like mindless. You know, yeah, yeah they're they don't devices really. Yeah, um, yeah. but Don I think treated humans um, in an interesting way, especially with the um, I don't know what that guy's name is, but he's great. Yeah, we looked it up because we were like, "Man, that that guy's really fucking good." And now we forgot it, but he, he was in Terminator Genesis, mm-hmm. and then he. Was, but the movie that I remember seeing him the first time was, he was in Lawless with Shia LaBeouf and Tom Hardy. Oh. He was like one of their other brothers, but then he was also uh, in a really good role in Zero Dark Thirty. Oh yeah, he was in Zero Dark Thirty. He was like the interrogator. Guy, yeah, and he was great in that role. Yeah, he's got a good face. Yeah, he does. And you, you, this is the thing that I really fucking love about this trilogy too is it doesn't sell it. On star power? No, it does not. It doesn't rely on like any particular star, you know. Mm, uh, James Franco is may, probably I mean, the most Andy like Serkis. main. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Andy Circus is, but I don't think if people know that name, I think if you went to like a rant, like normal movie watchers, yeah, and you said Andy Circus, they'd be like, I'm not sure. And then if you were like, oh, he played Gollum and yeah, yeah. King Kong. Did he wasn't he King Kong? Yeah, too? he was. He was King Kong. And yeah, and yeah, he Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure there's others, but no, I yeah. Think. I mean, he's also in the Avengers films and stuff like that. Like, but uh, he and, is? yeah, and he's going to be in Black Panther. Oh, that's right. He's the he's a guy. He's that's like right. He had a small dealer. role in the Avengers. Yeah. yeah, I think he's going to be a bigger deal in in Black Panther. That'll be cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, he he's just he's so good. But yeah, it doesn't rely on star powers. It, re- it relies on great actors. Yeah, uh, and. That guy's really good. Gary Oldman in Dawn was also very good. Yeah, Gary Oldman uh, played it down, which I appreciated. Yeah. You know, he was very um, Dark Knight, Gary Oldman. Like, you know. this. I feel like 
War for the Planet of the Apes and The Dark Knight are like those two blockbusters that when you talk about blockbusters, they're mm-hmm. just like a league above. You know what I mean? Like they're just I, they're so I just good. don't have that feeling about the Dark Knight trilogy. Like I just don't I get it. I just think but it's, I just don't feel like I just feel like they're a little much. Like they're a bit they're a bit much for me. Whereas this movie, it wasn't. That's weird because I feel like this movie has you take like leaps and bounds more jumps in logic thing. No, it's and it's not so much jumps in logic, it's more the like over dramatization of of the Dark Knight. From from like little things like Christian Bale's terrible growl, Batman voice to like just all of it, just like I feel like those movies are so dramatic. The that's actors so are I feel so like, like I feel like those I don't know, it's not for me. That's it's just so not for me. weird. I feel like those movies are handled so well because they're so realistic. I do, and I this don't movie know. has Everybody the same says thing. that. Everybody like, says that those are, but I don't feel like they. I just feel like they're just serious versions of a comic book movie. Yeah, like that's what you want. You want not, serious. Well, not me personally at all. But also, that's not the kind of serious I want. Like this is the kind of serious I want. Like this I feel movie. Like they're very similar. Well, I just disagree. I don't know what to say. Well, what, I ki- just, what kind of serious would you consider those, and what kind of serious would you consider Dawn or a war? Uh, so, like, this movie is, like, I really... Serious in, in that I connected with the main characters, that I felt what they felt. Like, I... When Caesar's family died, when fucking the apes were being abused, and I can't remember, there's some other point. Oh, when Caesar dies at the end. Like, I cried. That's a big spoiler. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I've mourned several times. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I cried all throughout this movie when, you know, like, things were at stake. I felt tense. Whereas, like, in The Dark Knight, I don't particularly think any of those characters are worth connecting to. Maybe Michael Caine, but also I don't really think so. Like, if I ever... I don't That's think I so ever weird. cared about Christian Bale's bat. Like... Bruce Wayne or Batman. What? <laughs> I don't think I ever gave a shit about him. Like, because he's a rich playboy who also... But his, that's not how Bale played him, though. Hard. Like, yeah, but it, it is, though, isn't it? Like, Christian Bale does not come off as a... Like, Christian Bale does not come off as, like, a humble, I'm just doing this for the good of humanity kind of guy. That's just not the vibe I get from Christian Bale. That's so weird. I feel like Gary you're very Oldman? alone in this. Uh, maybe. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get what. So, like, if you were just randomly like, you want to watch one of the Dark Knight movies? I'd be like, not particularly. No. I would literally like to watch almost any other. Definitely every other Marvel movie. And that includes, like, Thor movies. That is strange. DC is a tougher one because those (laughs) movies are not very good. Yeah. That's so weird to me. I just don't. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get what's so. I don't understand that. You don't understand that, like, someone taking, like, a serious... It's not even just a serious point of view, like, everything is serious and we're going to play it But serious. that is how it feels when well, you watch that is. movie. It is. But, that movie think, feels like it's serious for the... serious sake, whereas war just feels like a real story. I, th- I think they're similar, more similar than you are giving them credit for. That's like, fine. I think, like, they are serious. They're both very serious. But it's not just the, like, taking the... Like, all the dialogue is very, like, low and mumbled because mm-hmm. these people are sad. It's not just that. It's the craft. Like, 
there's a there's a craft in the Dark Knight trilogy that there isn't. In I mean, others. I get, I agree with that, but and I also there's think... also a craft in these movies that is yeah. there isn't in other. No, I, I agree with that, which is also one of the reasons why not just randomly because it also happens to be a movie about a monkey. Yeah. But like this King Kong Skull Island, I appreciated how seriously the filmmaking was t- taken. Was taken. Yes. In that movie, right? The story not wasn't necessarily, but the filmmaking was obviously this like war was a perfect blend of that it was like, it was like it, someone took the filmmaking very seriously right. while also taking the character whereas I just don't I don't think that like I, yes you I think, think you think I they do, took the characters too seriously yes okay. but the filmmaking sure but it's Christopher Nolan like yeah. if we're gonna talk about like you know then give me your inception and you know the first two thirds of Interstellar uh <laughs> You know, th- okay, those Dunkirk next week. Yeah, I'm so excited exciting. about Dunkirk. I'm very excited. Yeah. I think Christopher Nolan's extremely talented. Yeah. Do I did was he enough to make me care about Batman? No, no, I don't care about Batman. I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Not uh. that it matters because we're <laughs> t- so. I still have yet to get to my other side of the story. Bad okay. ape and the little girl. <laughs> now try to do that? this. So, no, no, no. I keep talking about a little girl, and then we stop and get sidetracked. Bad ape. Okay. Is the other side of that coin to me in that he is the one, and you even said this when we were watching Don. Mm-hmm. You were like, "So how is this Planet of the Apes? Because it seems like it's just these group of monkeys." Yeah, Bad Ape was the answer to that. Yes. He showed us that are, this like, is yeah. worldwide. It's, that it's he's from. Reaching. I don't know what the zoo he was from. I didn't see. They were in Northern California, uh, and then it looked in this movie like they were going towards the California border towards. Like going towards Oregon and, and yeah, they and, would that would assume because it was a lot of snow, right? Um, so yeah, so to me, Bad Ape is is showing this progression of the the disease from the ape's point of view, where it has spread. Right. I'm assuming it's become airborne. Uh, seems to be a homeless man outside yelling. So <laughs> sorry if you can hear that as well. Ah, city living. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I, uh, you're totally right. So like when when. When you come across Bad Ape, yeah, like, it, it's very much, it even surprises Caesar. Because Caesar only gave the the infection to, like, 50 monkeys? Yeah, and then I think from that point, <clears throat> you kind of assume that the other monkeys are just they, they learning. They had to catch up. Yeah, like, yeah. they're not particularly smart monkeys. Obviously, only some of the monkeys can speak verbally, and it's seems like it's just Caesar, now Bad Ape, and... Maurice can do it from time to time. Yeah, that's true. Maurice does speak every once in a while. Rocket doesn't at all. Rocket, no other, I don't think any other ape does except um, Koba did, and Don. So did uh, Donkey. Oh yeah, Donkey did. Mm -hmm. But Donkey was a, uh, he was a defector, so he used to be on Caesar's, like, in his tribe. Uh And then after the Koba incident in in Don, he migrated over to the... uh, to the human side. Yeah, and I think that um, that kind of tied nicely to Don in that, well, one, I was very curious if Koba was going to come back in this movie. Because you don't really see his death. He falls down a very tall thing into smoke. So you're just like, he could be alive. He wasn't. That was probably good. That was probably a classier move. It's a smart call. Um, But I do think that, like, the fact that Koba straight up killed Ash, which was Rocket's son, yeah. in Dawn, showed that, like, there, there is no going back 
Right. Because that they made that stake, and that was like one of those open mouth gasping moments for me. I was just, I did not yeah. remember that happening when Koba straight when Koba just yeah. like grabs Ash and throws him over the edge. I was like, no, he's not. Oh my god, yeah. he totally just killed Ash. Yeah, that's fucked up, man. It was fucked up, but it no, that, up. bad ape. You know, bad ape is from a zoo. He's like much further away, and somehow, and we're guessing it's through the transmission of the virus. It's got to be humans. airborne. Yeah, I'm assuming at this point the virus is airborne because. Right. Well, I don't know, because Woody Harrelson seems to have contracted it from... The doll. The doll, which had blood. Yeah. A spot of blood on it, because their nose seemed to bleed. Yeah. Once the virus starts to, like, mutate in their system. Yeah, which is kind of a callback to Rise as well, because that's what... That's the first thing that happens is you sneeze blood or whatever. Yeah, the guy in... in, Yeah, I would definitely recommend watching... Those are so good. Watching (laughs) Rise and Dawn before you go watch War... Uh, which I guess we should have said at the beginning of the show because now at this point everyone's seen it if they're still listening but I think it was a good idea because it helps it really helped the impact of the movie like they try at the beginning of this movie to catch you yeah, up yeah they give you some subtitle like some on screen text that kind of says like here's what's basically happened over the two movies in like a couple yeah. sentences right um, but you don't get the the emotional impact that is... It's also... the. It's interesting that that's how they just introduce the colonel. Because he's never introduced in in Dawn at all, yeah. and he's never introduced in Rise at all. So No, but they do set it up, which is smart. In yeah. the end of Dawn, they, the... The distress call goes out. Yeah, the guy's like, there are, there's military coming here. And yeah. that's when we saw that. It was only a few days before... Going to see Going war. to see war. So you were like, oh, so that's why there's a military now yeah, yeah. after them. Um, you know, and, and Caesar says in Dawn as well, like, I didn't start this war, war, but, yeah. like, yeah. I'm going to have to fight it because no one's going to sit and listen to me that, right. you know, Koba started it and now he's dead and we can all forget it. But to go back to your point... Bad Ape tells them that, uh, yeah, he's like, I learned to speak by listening to humans. Yeah, because he's obviously his manner of speaking is not as eloquent as Caesar's. Right, it's a bit more, like, rough. Um, And then he doesn't know sign language, which uh, Caesar teaches (laughs) to all the apes. Yeah. In his tribe, he teaches them to sign. Um, And it was just, it was great. Like, it was a great way to explain... How there is a Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, while we are seeing Caesar's storyline and the storyline of these, like, Northern California apes, there's a possibility of there being, like, totally different storylines uh, somewhere else, whether it be overseas or in other parts of the United States. Uh, and then it, even in Rise, when we went back, there's a the mission to Mars gets lost in the film. It's like... Uh, talked about in newsreels and then on newspapers they show you that there's been a mission to Mars and then that that's, that mission somehow disappeared which we assume is them going into the black hole. Oh they're referencing the the original the 1968 original. film which is nice that they gave it small nods. I'm glad that they did not feel compelled to make a remake of that movie. Right yeah I like that you know they didn't do the Marky Mark thing. No, they went they went a totally different. Yeah, and it was so great to make a like an ape the main character. Yeah, and it's make just, humans the evil people. Yeah. I mean, it seems so natural, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. That we would be the bastards of the movie. It's a great film uh, and an animal. So, I, why? Why would? Why would you go any other direction? I wonder. So is your your like sort of source of the or not source but like uh, 
breakdown is you think war is the best and then dawn it's hard because i think war as far as character development visually um even i would say dialogue because you know dialogue's hard in these movies because a lot of the communication between the apes is kind of yeah it's few sign it's through sign but also it's it's only what's necessary Mm -hmm. they don't really do a ton of like heavy dialogue like they which is great because they don't do like exposition dumps through dialogue uh, very right. often in these movies yeah so dialogue's kind of hard but i feel like this mo- war definitely did it the best however i do think the story in dawn and the um i think the, the one of one like of the very very few negatives that i have about war is that is that a car yeah. i'm sorry i just want to make sure it's not the dock no um one of the very few um negatives that i have is that the last third of that movie ha- was a little too long it of did war? of war mm-hmm. it brought it down a little it brought the energy down just a little for me it's the music um, the music also went a little dramatic because the the music in dawn is it's, so it's good. very good it's very yeah. atmospheric and it's it, it kind of blends into the scene yeah so much that you don't realize that you're tense because of it yeah it, it's really smart whereas uh it was more extremely of the music, simplistic. Yeah, more of the music in War is it's a lot more regal. There's a lot bigger sound. Yeah. Uh, and I think had you put the visuals from War with the soundtrack uh, and score of Don... It would have been a perfect movie. It would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's hard to say which one I like more because to me, they both have so many good things and so few bad things. I'm having a hard time choosing. Yeah. I um, think... I, for I, me, it's I, definitely Dawn. I, I like the more I think about war. it, it's Dawn for me. I think maybe yeah. War for me. Um, I think it's the best Caesar, and I'm just in it for Caesar at this point. I think uh, Dawn is Dawn is an incredible movie, and I, it's so weird that these movies are as forgettable as they are. And it's not forgettable in a bad way. It's just I just don't think about them. No one is talking about them. Yeah, no one's talking about. I mean, luckily this movie. I'm hoping it does well. In it's, the box it is office. doing well. It, it dethroned Spider Man. Oh really? Yeah, which is I was not expecting. That's surprising. Yeah, because yeah, that's only been out a, a week. week. Yeah, so that is surprising <laughs> that it would have already taken top notch. Yeah, I do feel like it, right now this like war is getting talked about, but I agree that like it's not something that no one talks about this trilogy. No. You know, like, I mean, there was definitely far more hype about Game of Thrones returning than there was about a new Dawn war, of the Planet. Uh, yeah, yeah, a new or War of the Planet. Well, yeah, a new Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah, it's just like, and then watching them and realizing that they are they aren't just three films. You know what I mean? Like they're they're so interconnected, and they should they should be. You know, mm-hmm. it's you can't talk about one without talking. Yeah, about it's the true. Other. They they are extreme, like far more than. A t- like even Dark Marvel Knight, and, uh, the Dark Knight trilogies are not as connected as this movie. Right? Yeah. Even the Marvel. F- no, the Marvel me. movies and are not at fucking, all. There's like fifteen of those. Yeah. They, like, this movie took the time to really yeah, trace it, intricately weave yeah, a storyline. Yeah, it, it was it, really well done. It some of it is large details. Some of it, like you know just the continuation of a group of characters. Some of it is extremely small tiny little things that yeah. like I if we had not watched them right before I never would have caught yeah. but I think it is you know that just shows 
how much thought was put into them. That they yeah. were like, I'm not even going to worry about people picking up on this. And they're like three years apart. Like each film is three years apart. And yeah. It's like, man, that's fucking awesome. Like, I'm glad that they brought the same writer and director back for for war. Yeah, and it, it makes me excited that Matt Reeves, like his new his next film after this, will be the Ben Affleck Batman. That's exciting. It's exciting that he's what throwing that like he, he's like throwing away Ben Ben Affleck's script, and he's like, I'm just gonna write my own. Good. Yeah. I want. I want. Well, to he write. didn't write these movies. He so. wrote. He wrote three. Um, what? He, he's responsible for the storyline, but he didn't uh, write the. Or no, he wrote the screenplay, but he didn't write the story. Um, so for which one? For War. Are you sure? Yes. And then he was uh, he was in the writers' room for Dawn, but he his he's not credited as a as a lead writer. Oh. That's Rick Jaffa and somebody else. I forgot the other the woman's name. Oh. Um. But uh, yeah, he's he is a larger part of War than he was in Dawn. I see. I think in Dawn they were trying to bring back Rupert Sanders. Rupert Sanders accepted Ghost in the Shell, um, so he didn't come back. Thank and God. Then, I mean, I'm sure that guy would have done an okay job. He's a great director. I, but like, I enjoyed Rise, and then his the film before that, uh, The Escapist, is really good. I'm sure it would have been a fine movie. It probably would have been good. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm so glad that we have the fucking that Dawn Reeves. that we do have. Because like, yeah. it is just so good. And I think a lot of the attention to detail and uh, the visual style, which is, I think, uh, the other reason why I like these films, mm-hmm. uh is Matt Reeves. I think Matt Reeves is very... He's a, such a good director. I like. He's one of the few directors in Hollywood that I don't have a complaint about any film that he's made. Uh, I like all of them. Like I, I love the shit out of the first Cloverfield. I think that's a, Oh, yeah. I love that movie. He's great. I think his remake of, of Let the Right One In, uh, Let Me In, is better than the original. Uh, and I, I always think, have a problem with that because I never like the people they cast. I don't like that little boy. I like Cody Smith McPhee. I think he's great in The Road. I think he's great in Let Me In. I think he's good in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. He's good. He's a good actor. I, don't, I don't find him to be very memorable. I had the same problem with the girl with the dragon tattoo casting. Like I just didn't find Rooney Mara to be that memorable. Especially following up Numi Rapace. I'm like, eh. It, for me, it was never the boy that was that memorable for those movies. It was the girl, and I think uh, what's her name uh, did a really great job. Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, Chloe Grace Moretz. She did a very good, good job. And R- Richard Jenkins as the. Uh, father figure who's mm. may have possibly been her lover is really good like that stuff is really really good uh especially just like just watching that movie uh a couple weeks ago like refreshed it in my mm. head yeah uh, i haven't seen it in a while it's a very good movie from beginning to end it's good i'll have to check it out uh but yeah so go go see this movie yeah, support it. It's, awesome. it it's, it's really awesome super good very uh, good game of thrones watch the throne game of thrones is back so this first episode Game of Thrones Game of Thrones Okay This first episode opened very strong Very strong I'm seeing a lot of internet mixed reactions Really? I feel like for a first episode it was fine Like it wasn't the best episode of Game of Thrones I've ever seen It was fine though I'm not talking about the whole episode I'm talking about the opening of the Arya thing? Yes. What do you mean mixed reactions? There's a lot of people online going like, well, how, did, how the fuck did she do this? Like, how did she well, learn? first of all, you don't question Arya. <laughs> she well, just did it. That's the thing. As a, she does. Arya is my favorite part of the show. Uh-huh. And uh, that was my favorite part of the episode. It was really, really mm-hmm. good. It was very good. It was uh, extremely I good. I don't care how much logic it breaks. It was awesome. And I actually Why think- does it break logic? She put some poison in some... In some jugs. It's more just about how she becomes such a perfect 
imitator of people all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Because like, she's Arya. <laughs> but uh, either way, it was a fucking gnarly cold open. Watching all yeah, the whatever. Fray, if you don't like it, you're stupid. Watching all the phrase die, and then you it was get fantastic. The, the theme song comes back. That was really that was a really great cut. Uh, uh but it was I, a, it was great. I actually even liked the scene with her and Ed Sheeran. I thought that was really good. Honestly, it was weird, but I was fine with it. Yeah. I had nothing against it. She's still, like, I think it's nice to, that they showed both sides of Arya, because she is still a kid. Like, she can't be 15, maybe, by now? 16? Yeah, I don't I know. She I think in the be, show she's, like, 15 or something. She has to be around 15, the, right? The actress, I think, is 18. Sure, she's, I'm sure, much yeah. older. But, uh, like... I think it's totally understandable that she would want to speak to people who seemish her own age and right. laugh around a fire for a second. And it was a smart call for a couple of reasons. La- the last few seasons, Ed Sheeran. No, I don't like it. Straight Sheeran, up, so I don't care. Okay. Um, no, I just uh, my favorite tweet about him being in this was someone just tweeted, "I can't believe you guys know what Ed Sheeran looks like." Thought <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, uh, the thing I liked about it was uh, for a few seasons now they've been doing this thing with people who fight for the Starks, mm-hmm. which is like let's humanize the fuck out of them, like let's give them real problems and like hey, sure. you, you kill my Bannerman, but like also like what what's the the little bear girl? She's the Mormont girl. She's oh. uh, like she's fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Like let's give her a storyline. But they never do anything like that for villains on the show. Right. Well, uh, I mean, other than Cersei and, like, the main families. Right, yeah. So seeing, like, a group of soldiers who are just, like, they're just dudes. They just happen to yeah. live in a part of town that a certain group of people run. Sure. That was cool. Like, I, I like that they were like, it's, yeah, it, we're honestly, not, we're not very bad guys. We just, yeah, it, yeah, they're following It's orders. extremely, the movie, yeah. like, even to the point where, like, they say, like, oh, yeah, like, when you're signing up for the battle it all seems great until you're there and then you're like all I want to do is go home like that was a lot of what that novel did with Nazi soldiers yeah so I mean I agree with that it is interesting that is something they haven't really explored up to this point on the show at least yeah yeah, on the show um but I had one request I don't I'm sure our listeners remember because you know they really Fucking pay attention and, <laughs> and they just really grab on to everything I say. But I wanted one thing from this first episode, and that was Daenerys in Westeros. I did not want them to ex- like stretch out this, I like, oh, I'm in the sea now. And that happened. She straight up, the only scene with Daenerys. I'm a little bit, I was a little bit like, that they spent so much time on Sam. I get it, because they're setting yeah. up something that I'm very excited about. The Dragonstone having that, dragon glass. The Dragonstone has some underground, like, collection of dragon glass, and he's sending that word to Jon Snow, which yeah. means Jon Snow will most likely either go to Dragonstone Heart. Dragonheart. Dragon Dragonheart is a movie. Dragonstone is the is, and Dragon Glass. Okay. Yeah. Got it. He will most likely go to Dragonstone or he'll send people there and then, you know, that will cause Daenerys and him to meet. Yeah. Oh, I want it so bad. Oh, my God. It was good. And I like I like the way the episode ended, too, with Daenerys going, okay, let's begin. It's like the show going, like, yeah, now things are going to happen. Yeah, I think it was um, a fair... For, it was fair for a first episode. If, if the second episode is as uh, not... A big deal is this? Not I will be, yeah, I'll be a bit on the like, ugh, 
we only get eight fucking episodes and you're gonna waste another one like yeah i'll give you I don't a think pass they wasted this one no this they didn't give a pass intro. they set up a bunch of shit they gave us the aria thing it's i appreciate of, this episode it. is a ton of setup this was like an all exposition episode. but uh, that being said i don't want another one sure uh, like eight we only get eight episodes yeah i mean no i, I expect no, some shit to happen no Tyrion in this episode no Varys. Uh, who yeah, they were, they were both with Daenerys, but no, like no, nobody made any moves there. We saw a couple things with Littlefinger trying to get it with uh, with Sansa. So creepy! I can't wait till he dies. He has to die, right? I don't know. He's I think got that to. my favorite part of the episode, actually, and this is odd to say, is the conversation between Cersei and Jaime. That was really good. Really? Um, yeah, them kind of discussing how many. They've come they into have. terms with the fact that they are no longer at the top of the food chain. They're, right, like, yeah. practically powerless at this point. Well, I just mean the conversation with him, like, realizing how many, like, enemies they have and then going... When he asked her about Tommen and she said, there's nothing to say anymore. Like, I used to be a mother. Now I'm not. I'm the queen now. Yeah, she's gonna fuck shit up. Yeah, it's like, gonna be crazy. It's it's yeah. gonna <laughs> be amazing. Uh, she, I think, will reach the level of hatred that we all had for Joffrey. You think so? I think so. Okay. I think that none in the end of the last season was just, like, an example sure. of, like, how fucked up she's about to get. Yeah. Uh, and I think... But the I, section with the Hound felt a little needless. Um, uh, yeah, I just don't care. Like, I just don't care about him. I don't care about Sam. I, I do like that they, like, they keep doing this, too, where, like, people are talking about, like, you know, there was the High Septon and... He was talking about the seven gods, but you never, ever saw proof of it. Uh, and then the only god that you ever see any proof about is the... Fire god? The, yeah, the red god. Mm. And having the hound look into the flame and see the white walkers coming, that was cool. Um, yeah, does... does uh, Because but you know the old gods have to be because of Bran and his... Like, he uses their trees. Their... Yeah. crying blood trees to <laughs> yeah. be the three-eyed ro- raven like there's gotta be something going on with the old gods yeah but it seems like the red god has got some shit going down i mean i, I, I yeah. wonder if the red god is secretly evil but i'm not sure uh, see i don't think it's secret well i don't know because he brought john back well yeah he brought him back but probably but i mean because you have to think like if the red god has anyone to fear it's got to be white walkers because they are fire and ice you know red wall you know ice i don't think that him bringing back john was him i don't know it could be a her hopefully it is all yeah. the red ladies are are there's a, red, there's a red dude oh is there yeah or the guy who brings back yeah the hispanic dude yeah uh i think he is definitely evil and i don't know where it'll go though yeah i'm not i'm, I'm, I'm not, not sure how far sure. the books have gotten on that either if yeah. it, if they explain I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about the season. I mean, we don't have a ton to say because it's the first episode. Yeah, it's yeah, a ton of setup. You're on, like, you're on. That was kind of interesting. Like, I wonder what yeah. he's going to bring Cersei. Um, I, I think Tyrion. There's a um, an internet theory going around that he's Ooh. going to bring Gen- Gendry. Gendry? Gendry back. Oh, the, the bastard? La- Why yeah. would it matter? Because he's the last living son of Robert Bruce. Oh, so they think he would have more he claim, to, claim the to the throne, throne yeah. than Cersei? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Uh, maybe I just feel like Cersei's beyond that. I feel like she's totally past that. If they do that, I'll be like, meh. 
I don't know. We'll see how it plays out because we'll he see. also. I don't even know he, where Gendry Gendry is. Yeah, they haven't he haven't touched on him in such a long time. But like he um, he also interacted with the Red God and a little bit with like the Blood Demon. Yeah. Thing. So you know maybe there's a thing there. She put leech on his dick. I think. Yeah, she did. <laughs> uh, but that was <laughs> that you show know, is crazy. There's like an internet thing about him, like about Gendry coming back, because they you know they brought back Don Darian after three seasons gone. Uh, so. It, we'll see. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I'm scared, but I feel like I always am slightly afraid of the new season of Game of Thrones because I'm always like, what if this is a season that lets me down, you know? Yeah. There's so much writing on this. I feel like that was season, what What was the Red Wedding? Two? I think that was the end of season two, yeah. What happened in season three? <laughs> season three was, fuck, I don't know. That was so long ago. Maybe the Red Wedding was three and two was something else. What the fuck happened in two? I don't know. Oh, the Battle of Blackwater was in season two. What is that? That's the where the wildfire they used to destroy Stannis. No, I think that was season one. No. Season one is Ned dies. Oh, right. Yeah. That is season two. You're right. Yeah. That's when Tyrion gets his face cut up. So, yeah, season... So season three was the Red Wedding. The Red Wedding. So season four was oh, fuck. the Purple Wedding and then the death of... Uh... Was Joffrey season four? That no. was... Well, yeah, but that was... After Oberyn, right? God, Oberyn was even worse for me, I think. Like, Joffrey was, like, sweet release, but Oberyn came out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> so sad when he died. I don't know. I feel like that might have... Well, no, that would have had to... So I think this the weakest season so far for me has been five, then. Well, five, I think, it has to be when Oberyn dies. Because if no, Joffrey dies four. season four, then that's not, that can't be enough time for them to lock Tyrion up and let him schedule his... Champion yeah. fighter. Yeah, he does. Because that's... He Is dies... That... Yeah, he dies at the beginning of season four. And then... That's the purple wedding. And then... That's not what... That's not the big episode? No. The big oh. ep- The big episode is... Is when the Viper dies. Because uh, that was Oberyn. So when Oberyn dies, that was... Like, everybody was like, Oh my fuck! Well, okay, then... well, why... Wait, I feel like we have to be forgetting something with Daenerys. Because she's had big things happen, right? Not really. There's that whole section in the desert where nothing happens to her. Uh, that was last season, though. <laughs> no, it wasn't. When? That was when she... When she's fucking traveling to the goddamn... Oh, that's after Cal Drogo died. Yeah, where the black guy wants to marry her. Uh, well, that's like season three. That shit is fucking boring. There's stuff like, in between that, though. <laughs> Last season was good for Daenerys, though. When that. does she get the fucking red army where she burns down the whole city? Is that season five? When she gets the Unsullied? Yeah. No, five? I think that's got to be four. Well, I don't know. Maybe. No, that's got to be all four. All kinds of crazy shit happens in this show. <laughs> God, I love this show so much, which makes me just so scared. <laughs> I just hope this season's good. Because we had to wait till 2019. For the last final season, and it's short. Oh, God. Oh, this is going to give me anxiety. Anyways, that's Watch the Throne for this week. We'll be back next week with more. Two um, favorites? Or? Yes, favorites. Okay, favorites. So each and every week, we talk about our favorite things from that week that we recommend to you. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and do mine because we kind of brought it up last week, but we were doing Speed Round, so I want to talk about it a little bit more, and that is Glow, a new series on Netflix. Uh, season one came out, I don't know, like a month ago, maybe. It's been out for a little bit. Yeah, I think beginning yeah. July. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Um, Yet. Uh, it's Socialist peak. The gorgeous ladies of wrestling um, is what GLOW stands for, and it is a show based on the on GLOW the from what, the 80s. 
Well, the show is loosely based on the documentary, and the documentary is about the ladies. So in the eighties, in the eighties, yes, the ladies of the eighties, ladies, eighties, eighties, ladies. Uh, but like the TV show Glow, um, the the more recent one does not have like it's not there's no one to one. So it's not like this character is playing this real lady. No, they, they yeah. didn't try to base it in reality as much as it's just about wrestling. Yeah. Um, and called Glow. Um, it's good. It, I very much enjoyed Glow. I think the first couple episodes were like, meh, they were okay. They weren't anything special. But once it gets its stride, it's great. It is extremely funny. Mark Marin is killing it. Oh my God, he's so um, good in this show. The dynamic between like. Um, Allison Brie, uh, I don't really know any of the other names, but the the dynamic between all the characters, like, to me, this show is like Arrested Development in that it's all about the playoff of yeah. each character because, yes. you know, nothing made that more clear than the, the, like, new season of Arrested Development that came out that separated them, and we all were like, everyone was like, they're just not as funny by themselves. Yeah. They're so much funnier when they're playing off of one another. That show is like this. This show... Mm-hmm kills it with the characters interacting with one another it's what it's reactions it's even just faces sometimes it makes scenes totally funny but they were not funny when we were talking about it like i was like i live for what when the camera cuts to another character Uh after a character has done something yeah because that is comedy gold like always it is just fucking gold yeah and when that character happens to be mark maron yeah it's Uh, mark maron really did it in this and he was he was being mark maron so i don't think it was necessarily like a great feat in acting because he was seriously just being mark maron but uh it worked it worked really well in this show and especially next to the type of of women that he was surrounded with um him being the only like jaded old grumpy man (laughs) Uh, it was great, <laughs> and it was funny. It was a really funny show, like genuinely very funny and interesting. Because while it is based on something that happened in the '90s, like a pretty fun. Yeah, mo- most things about the '80s. You said '90s. Um, oh, '80s. Yeah, the most things about the '80s kind of revel in the excess. Yeah, uh, like there's always too much. This show really shows you about a... a or just gr- enough. Yeah, well, this show is about a group of people who don't have quite enough. And that's really funny to me. Like It did make me want to go see female wrestling. <laughs> I don't want to see male wrestling because I'm just like, eh. But watching chicks beat up each other, that was that seems appealing to me. <laughs> after watching this. Like, it seemed really fun to go see. I'm going to Google it later and see if we can go watch some I'm real sure there's, female there's wrestling. Some out there. Yeah. Uh, not like uh, high school wrestling though cuz that's like no, I no, want to see like theatrical. About, right. Yeah, like not real wrestling. Yes, not Greco-Roman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Greco-Roman wrestling is like Olympic wrestling. Like the Isn't of, that the name of a character in like some Wall Street and like a a No, you're thinking of Gordon Gecko. Uh, Am I? Yes. Michael Douglas from the film Wall Street. Is that his name? Gordon Gecko. Yes. Okay. Maybe that is my <laughs> Also, I kind of feel like they say that name or that that phrase in one of the Oceans movies. I just have a feeling. Greco-Roman? I feel like they say that. Greco-Roman just happens to me if it's from the Greek or Roman empires. So, like... It, oh, you know who I think <laughs> says it? Eddie Izzard in the... 
second? Is it Ocean's Twelve that has Eddie Izzard? Yeah, because yes. he makes the egg. He makes the egg. Hologram. Egg. You know, I like those movies. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like Twelve. Twelve is a bad movie. I don't. Eleven think and thirteen so. is really good. I think they're fun. I do agree because I, I don't, I don't care though because I, what's his name is in all of them. Um, the dude they rob in the first one. What's that actor's name? Uh, 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 Andy Garcia. Yeah. Oh God, I love Andy Garcia. My Something mom about him. He's kind of attractive in like a weird way that I don't get sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that's my favorite. Go watch Glow. It's good. Yeah, Glow's really good. Uh, it's super good. I, I really loved it. I know that I think you had a bit of a bigger reaction than I did, but... Only to the last couple episodes. The those, first they're couple... They're so good, though. I was like, uh, this is okay. But once we start, once it started getting better, I was like, I really want to fucking see the rest of this. Like, I'm, I'm very yeah. much invested right now in this... It's also, the, the reason why it's such a good watch is because the episodes are so short. They're a half hour. They are very short. So it's, very not, it's not a very long commitment to like no. watch the show. So it's really, really good. So what's your favorite? Um, before uh, War for the Planet of the Apes this week, we got a trailer for Guillermo del Toro's new film, The Shape of Water. Um, and I guess this trailer had been out for a month. and I we had just, Really? Yeah, we had never this seen it. This is what happens when we keep giving trailers. I know. We don't know things. Yeah, so we, we had just never seen it, but so we caught the trailer. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad we saw it for the first time on a big screen. Yeah, the, the trailer for The Shape of Water was... So I'm not going to sit here and say it was a great trailer, but... It was weird. It's so intriguing. It is. That I want to see the movie now. It's that kind of like Gamal Del Toro movie that you're like, this is going to be... I don't know. Crimson uh, Peak Peak ha- has me not fully invested. Ha- sure. Had this come out right after like Pants Labyrinth, I would have been like, "Fuck yes, <laughs> weird fantasy romanticic romanticism type movie." Yeah. From- so he does he does this thing that I think um, a lot of big name directors uh, get the opportunity to do, which is they make a studio film and then they make their their personal film, mm-hmm. the film they want to make. Um, and I I think. Guillermo del Toro skipped a step. So he did <laughs> Crimson Peak, which was like, that was very clearly a Guillermo del Toro made that movie for him. Yeah. Um, and I did not enjoy that movie. Yeah. And he, he didn't make a studio film in between that. He did not. He went straight into this movie. And I'm interested to see like why they're giving him so much leeway. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping that they are very reliant. But like, okay, we need to talk about this trailer. So this trailer had... What looked like the same monster from Hellboy, it did. the Hellboy series, um, the the water one. Yeah, the I don't Abe, know what his name Abe is. Sapien. Oh, um, so nerd. I those movies are great. They are actually. Uh, I yeah. just didn't remember. Um, yeah, it looked like very similar style it and did. setup, yeah. and it eats eggs the same way Abe Sapien did. There's a there's a part of me that is like, is this a Hellboy prequel? Especially because they're rebooting Hellboy. Oh, are they? Yeah, but not with. Not, not with, with Del Toro. Oh, hmm. uh, it's the guy who made the the with Chicks and Caves. I feel what like the fuck is the name of oh the Descent. Yeah, I always they're making that movie. A, like a rated R. I've always um, enjoyed that. Hellboy. Okay, well if it's rated R, maybe. Yeah. But it seems like so early to make a another Hellboy movie. Yeah, and then the guy from Stranger Things is going to be Hellboy, which is cool. Uh, Sh- what guy? Sheriff Hopper is is Hellboy. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm into it. I like, can see that. I guess. Yeah, but. Uh, but this creature does look very similar. It, look, it looks almost exactly the same. Except that it has weird, like a darker color. Yeah, it's a darker blue. And it's and it's like a Dalmatian-y. Not like perfect circles, but like 
yeah, spotty yeah, color. He's not like one solid blue. He's like a spotty, dark and light blue. Yeah, it's very. I would imagine but, it's supposed to be more like a camouflagey thingy for when he's swimming through water. Yeah. But like the the cooler aspect of the movie is the lead, who is a I can't. She's not deaf. She's, she's mute. Yeah, uh, she's just mute. She's a mute woman. Who happens to be the, I guess she's a maintenance person? Yeah, she seems cleaner? to be like a janitor. Yeah, at this scientific facility where they're studying this creature. And uh, she looks like... I don't know who she act- is. Uh, yeah, I don't know who the actress... She looks a lot like the girl from Portlandia, but... Uh, oh, she does kind of, but it's not her. No, it's but not. But it does uh, look like her. But the aspect of the story that I like so much, at least in the trailer is that she comes off like an older version of the girl in Pan's Labyrinth. She does, kind of, yeah. So it looks like this really great melding of, like, the super big budgety action stuff he did with Hellboy. Yeah. With, like, that neo-romanticism And this movie feels very French. Uh, it had it French music in it. The, like, it, font was very, like, Art Deco. Yeah, it, the, it was the, super cool. Uh, I don't know what time period it's set in. It has to be a period piece. I think sometime. it's in the 30s or 40s or something. Yeah, because uh, the, the, the entire decor of, like, the apartments and thing, the settings that they're in look extremely... But they look very French-inspired. Yeah, but the, uh, uh, the, the cast in this movie is, again, like, it's not star power. No. But it, they're this pure is, acting This talent. is what makes me more excited than, like, Crim- like, this is, like, helping me put Crimson Peak aside because I get, like, I think Tom Hiddleston is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, Jessica, Chastain. Jessica Chastain is also really, really good. The uh, the chick who played the main character, I'm not obsessed with her. Like I've never Mia really, Wachowski, really, yeah, I've never really particularly thought she was that impressive. She's, she's really good in Stoker, and uh, I yeah, also I just feel like that's just a good movie. I'm not yeah, sure I give her credit for that. I also really enjoy the movie. Uh, the kids are all right, which she's very good in that movie. Yeah, that movie is that one is good. But yeah. again, I feel like she's surrounded by so many people. In yeah, movie yeah, Julian Moore, like, Mark Julian Ruffalo, Moore, Mark Ruffalo. And Annette Benning. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, eh, <laughs> yeah. she's still just like, meh, she's fine. Yeah. But this movie doesn't really like it has Michael Shannon who's like a big in the indie world, I think. Very well known. I mean, it, yeah. he's been in we, big we, budget movies. We talked about our top 10 films of 2016 and Midnight Special was on both of our lists. Yeah. Uh he's incredible in Midnight Special. And he's in um the uh Tom Ford one. Uh, oh yeah, Nocturnal yeah, Animals. Nocturnal which he Animals. Was, he, was he was very good in them. Yeah. Um I mean, he's great in everything. He's very like a uh, methody. I don't think he's an actual method actor, but he comes off like he would be. He comes off like he takes his roles very seriously. He does. Yeah. Uh which does lead him to always being cast as a serious person, usually a villain, but that's he just looks creepy, so I kind of <laughs> get it. Like he has a really creepy no, but look to Michael him. Michael Stolberg from the Fargo TV series and we're we're also watching uh, Boardwalk Empire and he's great in that. He was great in uh, Arrival this year, yeah. or last year. Uh, just phenomenal cast in this movie. Richard Jenkins, who we were just talking about and Let Me In, he's fucking awesome in everything you've ever seen him in. Uh, so, And then the woman, who I don't know. I don't know who she is, but she looks really but, compelling. And she and, like, is, a, she's is the main character. Yeah, so. and because she's de- or mute... She's emoting so heavily. I wonder if heavily. she actually is mute then. Yeah, but like the scenes where she's like signing with Richard Jenkins' character and then like just acting with only her eyes, you know, it's it's great. It's I'm great very stuff. excited. Uh, I'm excited to see this where movie, this movie goes. It looks so odd. It does. It looks super weird. And But in the best way. Yeah, like, I mean, we, I think 
Guillermo del Toro has earned doing that because he's done it so many times. I like, Pan's it, Labyrinth is a weird fucking movie. But it's fucking incredible. It's great. Yeah. It's a, but, it, like, when he does fantasy, he, like, for real does fucking fantasy. Yeah. He does not stop it just like a, oh, it's wizards. Yeah. You know? It's <laughs> no, like, no. no. <laughs> fairies are real. Here's this, like, fawn, goat, yeah, fucking stone thing. Yeah, forest creature <laughs> yeah. thing. And Giant frog. Um, it's he goes all all out. I, I'm excited to see because like I didn't see the rating, but like is it a rated R film? I don't know. Is I didn't it see PG-13. We'll like I, I want to know the extent of the violence in this uh, because that's kind of the thing that sells Pan's Labyrinth and uh, Devil's Backbone is that they're rated R yeah. horror films. We'll yeah. post it on our Facebook page. I'll go do that. It's a. It looks like a great film. Go find it. Um, it's good. Go watch it. So I'm excited about that. that was yeah. my favorite. Was watching that trailer. Um. So that's our show this week. Yes. Go uh, see Planet go of the Apes. Go see War really for the Planet of the Apes. Also, just go ahead and watch all three of them. Yeah. Watch all three. They're in order. Like watch the first one, and then the second one, and then go see the third. It's great. Are you sure they shouldn't go see the third one? Watch the first one, and then watch half of the second one. Watch the first one again, <laughs> and then watch the other half of the second one. Listen. Do what she said, and then in between those. Watch the 1968 one. No, don't do that. And then stop the 1968 one halfway through. Watch the Tim Burton one. Finish the 1968 one. Is that Marky Marks? Yes. Tim Burton made that? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. And then kill yourself. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. So. Before going to <laughs> Do go watch more. <laughs> uh, it's been a real pleasure. Have a great um Rest Whatever your time you're wa- listening to this, so listen that next fits week. Best. I'm gonna, we have to buy our tickets pretty soon because I think they're going to sell out at the, Dunkirk. Well, because I want to see the seventy millimeter. Oh, uh, then yeah, we probably should buy the tickets. So too. we're gonna we're gonna go see Dunkirk and next week, and I'm excited yes. about it. We're gonna see it in seventy mil, which is what it was filmed in. As long as it's not sold out at this point. Yeah, yes, I'm really excited about it. So we'll be back next week. You can find us at BGGO Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.